Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, my community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the Mining Podcast. And today's guest is Peter Dembicki, who's the president and CEO of Tier One Silver, an exploration company that was a spun out of Orion Resources. Um, and we recorded an episode with them um, back two years ago, actually. Um, the company is focused on creating significant value for shareholders through the discovery of world-class silver, gold, and base metal deposits in Peru. Um, Peter has a background in wealth management, um, and he's going to come on here and talk about Tier 1 um, and what, what lies ahead for the company. So that's um, welcome, Peter, to the podcast. How are you doing, Peter? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Rob. No, and I appreciate your time as well. So wondered if you can give uh, the audience um, a background about yourself, um, like a snapshot um, of your uh, career uh, up until sort of present day. Yeah, absolutely. So when, uh, you know, the last 10 years uh, previous to joining Tier 1, I was on the retail banking side and wealth management at Canaccord. Canaccord was the, the largest independent uh, financial firm in Canada and, and expanding rapidly uh, around the world. And, you know, I had so many opportunities over that 10 years to, to learn so much about the the mining sector, the exploration sector, starting up uh, small explore codes, funding them, guiding them through the go public, you know, process. And um, you know, at at the end of uh, in my last uh, year or so, you know, really, really looking to to uh, you know spread my wings out and to see how I could help other companies. And the timing was was really incredible when Ivan and, and Sean Wallace approached me and said, "Listen, we're 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 going to split our company into three. Uh, we're really hard pressed to find quality CEOs, people to lead, people that understand the capital markets. They understand what it takes to uh, relay the story to retail, to funds, to, co- to capital markets, financing firms, and everything. Because um, uh, getting that message across is is crucial, especially when you're when you're when you're at a startup kind of phase. And uh, that part I'm I'm very comfortable with. You know, and I'm so fortunate to, to have had such a uh, an amazing transition and the confidence in my technical team, my geologists, that I can really lean on. Uh, I feel like I've I've grown a lot in that area, and and I'm, I'm I'm brushed up pretty well. But you know, it's just just amazing the work that they're doing. So uh, I I made the leap. It wasn't uh, uh, it was a big decision. You know, I had two small kids. I was a very you know successful career. Life was good, but I really felt like this was an opportunity. So at the end of the day, it was a big decision, uh, but it was also easy. And 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 I made that leap, and it's been it's been an incredible journey so far. I'm joining joined a company that was not yet listed, not yet funded, and such early stage of of the information uh, that was coming to us from our flagship Kurabaya project, which we'll talk about in a bit. And as the information poured in. And the permits started rolling in. It started getting more and more exciting. And Ivan was like, oh, man, I should have been CEO of this one. Like, why did I take uh, Sombrero? Like, this is really turning into something pretty pretty special. So it, it's been a really nice ride. 
you know, maybe the precious metals market since, since we started out hasn't been, you know, totally in our favor, but uh, uh, corporately and, um, and strategically operations wise, uh, it's been a, it's been a great start. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about Tier 1 Silver. Obviously, it's a relatively new company and it was a spin out from Orion Resources. Um, and I interviewed Ivan back in December 2019. Um, so obviously, things have changed since then. So I just wonder if you can give us an overview of um, Tier 1. And also, I suppose, what drew you to, to the company and to the projects? So Orin Resources had a massive portfolio of projects and they had assets in Quebec, uh, Nunavut, British Columbia, and a lot of assets that were gaining a lot of traction in Peru. And at some point they said, we have to make a decision. We're spread way too thin. And plus the market isn't giving us value for all in, you know, our, all our projects independent of one of each other. You know, they're just focusing on the one that has the drill turning on it. So they decided to break the company up uh, to really unlock that value for shareholders. And they split it up into three companies, Fury Gold, which is hosts all the Canadian assets. It's currently traded on the TSX and the New York Stock Exchange, I believe, under F-U-R-Y. And they have their properties in Quebec, British Columbia, and their uh, their new exploration target up in Nunavut, which they're going after in a, in a big way. And, and that really is the, the Canadian gold portfolio of the project. And next was a large copper um, land package and exploration targets that, that they discovered in Peru that they were able to acquire, uh, which they, you know, more of copper gold kind of uh, targets. And, and that's what they call the Sombrero asset. Uh, they, you know, are looking to get listed in the next few months. You're going to be hearing more and more from them as it comes along. Uh, but a huge, huge uh, deal there to be had. And then lastly was tier one silver and not in any order of, of quality at all, but we just knew least about it. And uh, so I guess drawing into uh, the last question or the last part of your question is, you know, what drew me to the project at that stage? Well, um, you know, mostly it was people, you know, it's so hard to find a management team and, and founders like we have and a technical team that have been a part of not one, but multiple discoveries. That is something that you want to hang your hat on finding one or being a part of a team that found one in your entire career. These guys have done it independently and by them, you know, multiple times. It's one thing to find as a discovery. It's another thing to know what to do with it. And they have that corporate outreach and they have that technical skill to be able to do both. So really it was, it was people. And, um, you know, I think everybody knows of, of Rick Rule, uh, who've, who've listening to your podcasts, and, you know, I, I always kind of re go over a lot of his old material and, and I came across an interview he did a few years back and, and he was explaining that, you know, one in 5,000 mineralized anomalies actually end up becoming a mine. And, you know, those, those odds are a long, long shot. But when you're investing your personal money or someone else's money into an exploration company, those odds can be uh, heavily improved in your favor and, and that percentage can come down dramatically if you invest in proper explorationists that have done it before. So in my mind, you know, check. We have the team of Michael Hendrickson, Dave Smithson, both formerly of Newmont, uh, Antonio Arribas, former chief geologist of Newmont Global on our board. We have that expertise. And, you know, second is, is 
if you want to hit it big and the thesis of tier one is going after massive world changing projects we're not going after something that has 20 people drilling the same thing and we're just you know plugging along and trying to fill in the gaps or we're not something that is trying to revive a, a pulse on a, a project that was alive you know 40 50 years ago this this property in Kirby has never before been drilled up until now and when you're going after large projects that are going to be your true world-class discoveries those kind of discoveries that can provide those 10 20 30 times your return uh, you got to go to countries that are a little bit different a little bit underexplored and a lot less is known about the area and i think peru i know peru fits that perfectly you know you hear you have such a vast mineral rich country uh, for the most part remains mostly unexplored for various different of reasons and uh, we have found uh, a couple of assets in Peru that uh, we're so fortunate to have. We've worked hard to get them, uh, but they're really starting to come come to fruition now. And so, you know, the projects are, you know, the second part uh, behind people, because predominantly is it is an investment into people, and and uh, the the projects sometimes sell themselves. And in this case, with our flagship Curubaya and Hurricane Silver, which will be coming to the forefront soon. Uh, we're really fortunate to have that as well. So those two combined and our ability to, to manage capital markets is, is best to our ability. Um, you know, it provides a really great setup to, to find that world-class discovery. Yeah. Um, you're currently drilling, obviously, the company's flagship project in Peru. Um, and it's the first time uh, this project's ever been drilled. Um, I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about the program so, so far and how, how things have uh, developed. Absolutely. So when we first started out and, you know, you have to take these steps before you actually start putting drills into the ground. So one, you know, you do have to do a lot of surface exploration. Well, when we started doing that, our numbers coming back were, were nothing short of exceptional, you know, rock grab samples up to 300,000 grams per ton silver, uh, gold close to a kilo. Uh, so it was happening over a 20 square kilometer you know, footprint and they just, it just keeps growing and growing by the way. And so we go, okay, there's precious metals, you know, indication all over the surface here. So that gave us that next kind of vote of confidence to take the next step, spend a little bit more money. We flew a magnetic survey. We did some IP, a lot of geophysics to kind of prepare it. And sure enough, there was some large charge abilities going on. Magnetic anomaly really lent us to say, okay, there's some, there's some targets under here, but of course we have to prove this out. And, you know, the third part was, was really proving out the trench work, you know, and, and channel sampling. You know, when you look at the property, we are in amongst the giants in Peru. It is copper producers, copper gold producers, some with silver with a byproduct, uh, all up and down the coast of Peru. Then there's a gap and then they start again in Chile. So people were looking over this area where Curabaya is situated for years, but predominantly looking for that copper gold and an indication of a, of a porphyry. And if you go on surface, and if you're not looking for precious metals, well, you're not gonna probably find much. And if you're looking for that, that uh, uh, indication of a porphyry on surface, well, you might not find it either. But when we really took a, a, a good screening of the area, the entire area, Curabaya came back as, as a number one target for precious metals. And you start looking and these veins start revealing themselves. And um, so we've, we've encountered some incredible economic you know, size veins on surface 
you know, uh, eight meters of 243. Um, there are there are some serious high grade uh, targets to go after. And so with that knowledge, you know, we got our drill permit, as I mentioned earlier, while the company was was coming into its own. Uh, so we got going. Once we got listed on, on June 9th on the TSX Venture, um, uh, we had a great, great, uh, we were received very well by the markets and uh, we got drilling. We wanted to start learning more. And anytime you're going into a 20 square kilometer land package that has never been drilled before, and you're drilling a hole that might have a 10 or 15 centimeter diameter, that's, that's a that's your definition of needle in a haystack, right? So the first hole that we drilled was really about, can you please confirm if there's a system down here? Uh, or are we going to return something that looks like your countertop in your kitchen, uh, of which we would have been really disappointed. And 100% came back, there's a system. Uh, the rock was altered, there's veining everywhere. We, we, you know, our first hole was based off of geophysics. So we were going after a chargeability anomaly. And while we were drilling, we got these high grade feeder structure information back that led us to believe that we literally drilled 70 meters aside from a major feeder structure all the way down the hill, all the way down the hole. And uh, that was actually really positive news, right? And and we got a lot of smoke, a lot of indications, some great grades that, that said, listen, we're, we're, we're close. We're close, but we didn't cross a feeder structure. And having all these new vein feeder structure information come back to us now that we have in hand that's been verified by the labs it says okay let's identify five or six of these which we have on our property and start drilling right across them let's start let's start let's start getting this to market uh drilling shorter holes because the the assay turnaround times are 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 troublesome in peru as they are globally from what i understand and uh let's get some shorter holes cross across these these feeder structures and let's get some grade and, uh, and, and then once we've established these feeder structures are mineralized, follow them to the source and, you know, we could go after these, these porphyry targets as well. Yeah. And um, you mentioned, obviously, Peru is probably pretty undeveloped in terms of, uh, obviously, natural resources. And I just wondered if you can give our audience an overview of what mining is like in Peru. Um, and also, how does the sort of local government local communities, how they responded to you guys being there? Um, and are, are, are they supporting you as well? So I would caution to use the word underdeveloped because it is home to some of the largest producers in the world. And they're not far from our address at all. So mining has been improved for some time. Uh, tons of historic mining, obviously dating all the way back to the, to the early empires of the day. And, um, uh, so it's nothing new to, to the country itself. I would say, you know, there are so many uh, rich targets in the country that um, may never be accessible to, to mining companies. And th there are these, these bonanza style targets that once in a while you get your hands on like we do. So it is, uh, it's, it's, I would say it's underexplored as a country as a whole, but maybe not underdeveloped yet. And so I think, uh, I think that's, that's what I meant. So I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, no, I, I, I had a feeling. Yeah. So it's, uh, <laughs> sometimes those words are interchangeable for sure. But as far as uh, community relations and politics, well, uh, your community is, is, you know, your heartbeat of your project and you have to have great community relations 
uh, not only to, you know, take that first step, but obviously um, follow you and work with you as not, not someone that you're trying to appease at all times, but work with them as a partner. You know, we employ 20 plus community members at our camp. Um, we, we bring them along. We want to provide added value uh, to our community, not just, not just be there and hope that they let us be there. And so they have a voice, right? And I think one of the major, major hurdles in Peru over the last number of years is you have all these major producing mines out there, but the trickle down effect isn't really helping the, the rural communities. Uh, so that's why we've seen a lot of, you know, political um, uh, reshuffling of the chairs over the last number of years is because, you know, that there, there is a, um, a portion of the population that doesn't feel hurt. And so dealing with our community at Kurabaya, well, we only have one community that we're dealing with and they're phenomenal. And uh, they, they understand the true implications. If, if we find something special here, the economic it could have on, on the area. Now, our project is free and clear of archeology, span free and clear of residential areas, free and clear of agriculture. So we don't have to take any unnecessary hurdles to, to get in there. It's, it's basically desert. You're, at, uh, you're in the Atacama Desert, foothills of the Andes, there's nothing there. And uh, so really we're, we're quite blessed with the infrastructure and the setup of this project um, and, and how that might've helped us with our communities to, to say, yeah, go ahead we're with you on this one. So communities is huge and, and, and dealing with the local government, it's, it's a process, but you know, when we were told we were going to have a year wait for our drilling permit at Kurabaya, we got it in five months. And that is a massive pat on the back to our team in, in Peru with Christian Rios heading up our operations that, um, you know, if you provide quality applications and quality projects with quality people, uh, you're going to get quality back. And, and that's, that's what's happened there. Yeah, no, that's that's good good results. Um, what's next for Tier One? Um, obviously, you have a number of other projects in the portfolio, um, and it seems the Hurricane Silver project is your next focus. Um, so, what's the what's the plan there? Yeah, we've been working with uh, the group that that got us Hurricane, um, a group called Pembroke, a private company uh, based out of Peru, and a fellow by the name of Dan Innes, formerly of Newmont. So, we looked at this group. And, and we thought, well, you know, everything they have in their portfolio is, is very high quality. Uh, our, our, both our tech, our geologists come from a technical background from Newmont. So they knew the work was, you know, verified and, and trustworthy and, and very high quality. So we were actually working on getting Hurricane for about a year and a half, you know, when it was back a part of the Oren package. And the fact that it came to fruition uh, for tier one uh, was phenomenal timing. And so I have trouble using the words flagship because I feel like we have two flagships and, you know, anytime you can get your hands on a project like this to give our shareholders a potential second swing, like Kurabaya is looking absolutely amazing. And by no means is bringing on hurricane, taking anything away from Kurabaya. That couldn't be you know, more and more from, you know, uh, more wrong, more opposite. It is, it is actually giving you a second opportunity here. So uh, Hurricane, uh, which you're going to hear from in the coming days, oh, we're going to get some boots on the ground, get our, get our geologists up there, start working. Probably won't be drill ready for another, you know, 10 to 12 months, but a lot of work to be done, a lot of results to come out of there. And so while Kurabai is ongoing its initial drill program, we start getting results back over the next four or five months, probably straight through until March or April from these, from these first drills, 
hurricanes working in the background uh, providing that extra punch for for shareholders so uh you know we really do have have two kind of quote unquote flagships and not one is taking away from the other it is just multiple opportunities so uh you're going to hear more about that in, in the coming days for sure yeah uh you were at the precious metal summit in beaver creek uh, obviously just recently um and now you're heading to the silver um, symposium in idaho it's nice to obviously see some conferences getting back in person events. And funny enough, I actually went to one last week here in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, what has been the sediment um, you've you've been feeling amongst investors in the actual sector, uh, the actual precious metal sector? Yeah, it was nice to see people in person, face to face, goes so much further than than virtual. Although um, I enjoy being on your show, you know, the, having that human contact is worth is worth a lot. Um, and I can only exude so much excitement, uh, through a screen and, and, um, but it is, it is meaningful to be back in person as far as the, the overall sediment, um, you know, I think people are excited. Uh, they're excited to, to kind of get back to it. Uh, the, the precious metals macro market, um, man, well, it sure seems like there's a lot of different moving parts to, to what makes the price, the price, uh, on every other day. And uh, if you follow it too closely, uh, you'll probably go a little bit crazy because sometimes it doesn't make sense. And, you know, I feel like feel like those guys in, in the from the story, the big short that were short, the uh, um, the mortgage uh, housing in 2008, you know, for the longest of time, I think it was over a year. The bet just wasn't, you know, it wasn't materializing the way they thought. And they just had to hold, hold, hold until finally it did. And uh, it sure feels like that for, for precious metal, silver in particular, because it's very rare to have that commodity that has the speculative nature, the storage of, of you know, you're safeguarding from inflation, um, uh, money, uh, tapering, QE, all that kind of stuff, but also has a massive use case for it as well. So um, everybody's large infrastructure plans, renewable energy plans, depends on a lot of silver, you know, 30 grams per silver in a solar panel, you know, China and, and the U S are going full tilt uh, to get their, their renewable energy up to par. And it's going to take a lot of silver and there hasn't been a massive silver discovery in, in a great number of years. So, you know, the, everything seems to point towards silver being man, five, 10 times what the current price is right now. You, you sure think it would be, especially given the amount of money flooding the system inflation doing what it's doing. Um, there's just so many things happening in the macro environment that that are maybe holding it down, including possibly, you know, some some people that are cough, caught way off guard and way offside that need to push the price of uh, and have the power to push the price of silver down. So it's a rabbit hole that if you go down, um, be careful because <laughs> there's no bottom and you, you, can, you can find the narrative that you want to jump to. But you know, uh, even at this price, even at $14 silver or $10 silver, our projects are going to make sense. And, um, you know, let's, let's remember when we find that, find that discovery and start proving it out. Um, it'll defy, it'll defy what's happening on a day-to-day basis. So yeah, it's, it's frustrating at times when we listed our company, you know, silver, I believe was at 28 bucks or $27 and, and it's trickled down ever since. And so we've had to fight that as well. And uh, I think it's something that exploration developers and, and producers have been fighting for 
so many years. Um, and, uh, but I think it's, it all comes back. It all, it's all going to work. You look at what happened a year and a half after 0809, precious metals skyrocketed and they only printed, I think 900 billion at that point. So we're, we're, we're putting a T in front of it now by multiples and, you know, that'll come back. They can only kick yeah. the can down the road for so long. And, uh, I truly believe we're going to see much better precious metals pricing in the future. And uh, if you're invested in a quality company with quality people and quality projects, you're going to go along for that ride. Yeah. I mean, there's certainly an undersupply of silver. Um, and obviously talking about price, silver has sort of fallen about 20% over the last four months. What yeah. do you see the outlook for silver? I suppose in the short term and medium term, we can obviously all say in the long term, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take off. But what, what would you say you're seeing in the short to medium term? Oh. And I don't want to put you on the spot asking <laughs> you what price, but what, how, how yeah. do you see it playing out? I, I, I look at it as this, you know, um, it's going to be volatile. It's, it's silver's nature to be volatile. It has a lot of torque to it uh, when it gets going. And we've seen on days like... Uh, uh, yesterday in the market, you know, it's, it's, it can get sold off more than, than the other metals out there and other commodities as well. So it has that nature, that volatile nature about it. But I think that's what draws a lot of um, silver investors to it uh, because it has that ability to, to double in price, triple in price uh, if, if everything aligns correctly. So what's my forecast for short term? I guess uh, timing is in, and term is all relative. Uh, but I see volatile. I see volatility. Uh, probably in the twenty to thirty dollar range, it's going to find its find its ways up and down. Um, the government is is uh, globally any government is not out of this COVID crisis yet, and that has huge economic in you know impact on on everything that we do, including the precious metals market. Uh, you look at the the macro environment for the stock market. Well, man, it sure doesn't feel like we're hitting all time highs every single day. Uh, in, in my sector, uh, and maybe that's for a reason because you have four or five companies leading the charge on the major U.S. exchanges, global exchanges, the largest companies in the world. And if these things are returning 30, 35 percent a year, you know why would you allocate your money to speculative uh, investments or exploration companies or anything that carries a little bit more risk? You don't need to. So we saw yesterday in the market, the market's getting getting chopped pretty hard. And I think we're going to see more of those days as it needs to cool off. It's getting a little bit frothy. And I think what you'll see is, is the smart money moving into areas that haven't benefited from these, these, these market conditions. And I believe commodities is going to be one of them. And when that money goes in, the real money, it'll turn and it'll be a ferocious rise. And to the point where you'll be you know, throwing money at whatever you can to get a part of it. And um, so I think it's all, it's all working out. And, um, but I don't think we're going to see any dramatic rises in silver in the very short term. However, it will go. And I think it'll, it'll, it'll start working towards that as, as the larger cap markets uh, sort themselves out and we, and we emerge from this, this COVID mess. Yeah. Um, as a conclusion, um, dual holes are pending at Kurabaya, um, service work at Hurricane Silver. Um, is there anything else that investors should uh, look forward to? 
Well, we got we got actually four holes uh, uh, pending results at the moment. Um, you know, our, our our current holes that we're drilling going under some some massively high grade channel sampling that we that we did. Um, so we're going to have results coming back on a on a as consistent as we possibly can in an expedited nature as we possibly can. But we're kind of at the mercy of the labs on that one. Um, Hurricane Silver, we're going to have some results. Uh, trickling out as we get get to work on that property. We also have 35 trenches and I think 50 plus more rock samples, at least in the lab coming back from Curabaya. I mean, when I visited the site in early August, I had a chance to meet with these geologists and they truly were like kids in a toy store. They didn't know what aisle to go down. They were like, Peter, every direction we go, uh, it continues to get better look at what we're finding here look what we're finding to the west to the north and the footprint keeps getting bigger and so it, it it truly is an exceptional project and so the vein the veining channel sampling that we're doing the the grab samples that are coming are coming from within our our footprint and also beyond because if you if you really take a look at our project we're only really on using a quarter of the property and we have every reason to believe that there, there's more targets on our property. It's 100% owned, and uh, and it's never really been explored. So it's 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 an exciting time. Yeah. Thank you, Peter. It sounds uh, definitely Tier One seems uh, an exciting prospect, and there's so much potential there, as you've obviously explained. Um, if our audience wants to reach out to you, if they've got any questions or want to follow, uh, obviously the journey, how can they go back? How can I go about contacting you? Um, and are you across any social media platforms, you or, or Tier 1? Uh, yeah, we're, we're active on social media. Locate us at uh, Tier 1 Silver on Twitter, on LinkedIn. Uh, please go to tier1silver.com, our website. We have a great introductory uh, marketing video to introduce you to Kurabaya. And uh, you'll, you'll get a good sense of the, of the team and the project and, and, and what we, we believe we discovered here. So uh, reach out anytime. I love talking to shareholders and potential shareholders in the sector. And, and uh, um, yeah, please, it's, it's been a great, great, great opportunity to speak with you. Yeah. And I appreciate your time, Peter, as well. I know how busy you are. Um, obviously, as we were speaking before, we were speaking off air um, and obviously the excitement that you've got. And, and I, I, even I noticed that before we were, we were on there um, and hopefully that will come through on obviously on the podcast and obviously on the YouTube channel. Um, and if anyone meets you in person, I'm sure they get that um, same reaction from you because um, I think it's exciting what you've got, what you've got there um, and it's only going to get better. So um, for those that are listening, appreciate if you can um, share and like this um, podcast, whether um, you're watching it on YouTube, appreciate if you can share and like it um, again, I appreciate the audience that are listening. Appreciate if you can um, pass the episode, episode on to other people that you know within the industry, because um, it's certainly a, a, an exciting prospect here. Silver is, is under supply, um, and certainly it's, it's going to be a, a good project for the future. So really appreciate your time again, Peter. Um, and until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.